We present Genius, Wolf Banging the Logic Bubble. Here is your host, Dave Gorman. Hello, I'm Dave Gorman and welcome to Genius, the show all about your ideas. Every week, myself and a celebrity guest forensically examine various plots, policies, plans, gadgets, gizmos, schemes and scams, hoping that amongst them we will discover some actual, real-life, cannot-be-denied genius. When someone sends us an idea that makes it past the Team Genius Idea Selection Panel, they are then invited to the studio in order to present their idea. Bearing that in mind, some of the letters we receive are a little confusing, like this one. Dear Genius, I think I've had a proper brilliant genius idea. I should warn you that I will not be able to turn up to discuss it with you as I've just started a three-to-five stretch. (laughs) Even with good behaviour, I guess I'm looking at the series after this one. (laughs) Anyway, my idea is for a really tall ladder that folds up so small you can put it in your pocket. (laughs) I don't think it's actually possible, though. Oh, well, all the best, Ray. Ray isn't here with us this evening to discuss the super folder ladder, but we do have a collection of potential geniuses whose ideas showed more promise and whose diaries showed more flexibility. (laughs) To discuss these ideas, we of course need a guest possessed of genius, and I'm delighted to say that we have just that. For evidence of his genius, I need only point you to his status as a world record holder. He has held the record for the longest ever after-dinner speech and for the longest ever screen kiss. One lasted 12 and a half hours, the other lasted three and a half minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, the genius that is, Charles Brandreth. Giles, it's very, very nice to see you. We know that you're a genius, but do you have any genius ideas that you would, you would care to share? My idea is the patent embarrassment distractor. Um, I've spent a lot of my life embarrassing myself and, well, and humiliating my wife and family. And, uh, <laughs> but you don't want to hear about my career as a Conservative MP, do you? <laughs> this patent embarrassment distractor is a small ball the size of a, a large marble or an old-fashioned gobstopper. And basically what happens is you keep this in your hand at all times, and when you do something that's fundamentally embarrassing and you immediately regret and you want to be swallowed up into the ground, you can't be swallowed up into the ground, but what you do is you roll this little embarrassment distractor along the floor and the actual motion of putting it along the floor does two things. One, it sets off a a, a very unpleasant pong comes from the distractor and it also makes a noise. Ah! It goes to save one from humiliation or rather to make the moment of humiliation shorter. I mean, my life has been a series of humiliations and the one consolation of that is that the latest humiliation usually wipes out the memory of the preceding ones. (laughs) There you go. Well, that proves, I think, that you are, of course, a genius. Uh, Let's see if we can discover any others. We'll hear a few ideas, and along the way, we'll find out which you think have the spark of genius about them. At the end of the show, our audience will decide which of your two favourites is the geniusist. And whoever came up with it will then take home the coveted genius trophy. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cue my embarrassment distractor. (laughs) This is just a coincidence, having talked about your distractor. The script says, let's get the ball rolling. (laughs) With our first potential genius, who is Ben Stevens of Herefordshire. Dear genius, I think we should reduce all speed limits by one mile per hour. 
My reasoning is that it's a bit like paying £9.99 instead of a tenner. <laughs> I reckon when someone sees a 30 mile per hour sign, they subconsciously think they need to go at something in the 30s rather than 30 or less. I think setting the speed limit to 29 instead of 30 would make more people aware of when they are speeding, thus saving lives and avoiding speeding fines. Giles. This fellow comes from Herefordshire, you say? Yes. It's yes. all part of the BBC's commitment to the countryside. Well done. <laughs> well, this, this makes a lot of sense to me. This is, this is, what? The, well, this is the logic that all businesses use when they're pricing up their goods, that all actresses use when they're naming their age. Why the country can't use it for its speed limits, I, I see no reason against it. I don't think it would work. I don't think it's very interesting. I think... <laughs> I mean, no, no, I, I mean, I'm, obviously, I, I'm very glad that the BBC have brought you from Hereford. Um, <laughs> you're a very attractive, personable young man, and, I, you know, I hope you do well. Um, just tell us a bit more about why this could possibly work. Well, I mean, you think about... Exactly, it. exactly. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, are, we are psychologically conditioned when we see something that costs £9.99, there's a little switch in our heads that does think less than a tenner, and... and any stats would prove that more things get sold at 9.99 than at a tenner. Excuse me, you suddenly see a sign saying 9.99. You think, ah, there's an emergency on the motorway. Yeah, but we're not saying... No, no, the speed limit on the motorway wouldn't be 999 <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> My only argument against it would be that I think we, as a nation, are too puerile to have lots of signs saying 69 on the motorways. It's just... <laughs> and, and your laughter only proves my point. That's the reason this wouldn't work, that you find that funny. It shouldn't be funny, it's just a number. Uh, maybe just a number to you, but for some of us, it's a way of life. <laughs> Speed limits minus one. You don't actually have to uh, take one mile per hour off the speed limit. You can actually keep the speed limits the same. You just write them differently, because mathematically, 29.9 .9 reoccurring miles per hour is the same as 30 miles per hour. So you just need to write 29.9 .9 oh. reoccurring on, on all the speed limits. <laughs> so you're wishing to perpetuate a fraud on the great British public? We get sent a lot of ideas that are sort of relating to traffic calming. There was one which was about basically so the road sends a message to your car telling it what the speed limit is, and then if you go over the speed limit, it starts to slow down the music on your stereo. <laughs> so that it sounds bad, and then you have to take your foot off the pedal to sort of get it back in sync again. Now, that's a genius idea. That's Why a nice get idea. that guy in? Uh, because he was in prison. Um, <laughs> And the most disturbing was that when you go over the speed limit, a hologram appears of a naked Jeremy Clarkson <laughs> who is sexually aroused and saying, Yeah, come on! <laughs> you immediately take your foot off that pedal. Right? I'm sorry, Jeremy Clarkson is just still provoking <laughs> the image. It, it's, it's not getting my vote, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. Never mind, there you go. But thank you for coming all the time. Oh. Let's see if our next idea can persuade you, Giles. It comes from Russell Westwood of Sheffield. Dear genius, it has often been argued by their supporters that the royal family are good for tourism. 
I propose that we loan them out to a foreign country in the style of a reserve team footballer. <laughs> if tourism income in the UK drops as a result, we can bring back the royals when the loan expires. If not, we can loan them out again to the highest bidder. <laughs> there you go. Well, um, Giles, you are, you are something of a royal expert, are you not? I think this is a genius idea. <laughs> I have to say, you know, the royal family, it's a British brand. We need to export more. I think it's a, I think it's a fantastic idea. I, I, there's, there's nothing going against it. What is so good, too, is that we have a fertile royal family. They're breeding. Um, uh, rutting has been one of the things that the royals have done best for centuries. So they, they can breed and be exported. I think it's a brilliant idea. There isn't a country in the world that we can't people with our royals. I love it. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Would it be allowed? Because aren't our royal family on loan from Germany already? <laughs> we are part of the European Union. This is the whole point. Our, our royal family are global people. Global. And, of course, poorer countries um, would be, you know, somebody like Princess Michael of Kent. She get... <laughs> Zimbabwe is waiting for her. And we, we tried recently to um, loan Harry to Iraq. <laughs> and it didn't work. And, and that didn't work, even though they really wanted him. Um, I, I think, in fairness, though, that, I mean, the, I mentioned it's the style of the reserve team footballers. The, the football teams have already accommodated this. They sign it into the loan deal that you can't play against your own team. So we just, if, we, if at a time of war, we can just recall them from the loan or... They can abstain for being king at that time. OK. It's, it's covered. Also, if we are treating them in the manner of footballers and they've got deals to negotiate, I think there's a world for agents there. Giles, with your royal connections, Ooh. I see a lucrative post for you. Ooh, royalties from royalty. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I think Russell is one of the most remarkable young men I've ever come across. Thank you very much. It's a fantastic notion, this. Fantastic notion. I think you are overlooking a cost of benefit of avoiding a constitutional crisis as well. In so much as, at the minute, if the Queen dies, we're left with an inexperienced new king in, in Charles, or William, whichever way we go. But he has no experience whatsoever. He hasn't done king. any kinging. No kinging at all. No. We send him to Azerbaijan, he comes back and he's fully qualified, he's ready to go. Oh. That's like a... He is. An but... overseas apprenticeship. Absolutely. <laughs> we, could do a, we could do a free transfer with the Dalai Lama. <laughs> I'm not liking this so much. I don't think we need to have... I mean, sweet as the Dalai as Dalai is. Um, <laughs> uh, this is not... This is not an, you can't exchange royalty. It's not like that. We, we have got Princess Anne. Oh, God, we wouldn't... I mean, send her to Iraq and it's all over. <laughs> well, I, I think we should just cut to the chase. I mean, there's obviously nothing I can, I can say to try and dissuade you. You, you seem to make your mind up, but let's just confirm, finally... Russell Westwood, Royal Family Leasing. Giles, is that genius? It's right royal genius. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Well, our next idea has travelled from Stirling and comes from Bob Aitken. Dear genius, just to save confusion at parties, etc., we should all be called Bob. <laughs> kind regards, Bob. <laughs> And, and this is to avoid confusion, Bob? Yes, exactly. I wasn't talking to you. Um, <laughs> I was talking to Bob Brandreth here. Um, does this make any sense to you? I think Bob is marvellous. Because the whole point of this is to get conversation going in awkward situations. 
And if somebody's called Bob, once you've said hello, Bob, and it looks like a woman, you can then talk about the gender realignment operation. <laughs> and you go into a whole new and fascinating area. So I think this is, this is fraught with, with interest. I mean, because of the opportunities. I can see pros and cons with it. I, I can see it making um, pub quizzes easier. Which king? Bob. <laughs> Who wrote? Bob. You're always going to be right in a quiz, um, which I like about it. Uh, I did speak about the idea with my neighbours, Mr and Mrs Bullhat, and... Um, <laughs> they weren't so keen. Um, <laughs> We do sort of need to discern between each other. And, and so what you'd end up doing is adding details. So when you were talking about your friends, you'd be saying, oh, I went to the pub the other night with Glasses Bob and Fat Bob and used to be called Steve Bob. <laughs> because without that... But excuse me, Dave, we do that anyway. When I said to my wife I was coming out to see Dave tonight, she said, oh, is it Dave Cameron? I, I, I said no, um, and she went through a whole lot of, of, of Daves, um, and, and then, then um, we got to you. <laughs> and then she repeated the question, who are you going to see tonight? <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. OK, let, let me try and, uh, and put some counter-evidence to you. This is, um, this is a song uh, that I think most of you will know. A little bit of Monica in my life, a little bit of Erica by my side. That song is going to be ruined. What was the song? It it's Mambo Number no. 5 by uh, Lou Baker, uh, or Bob Baker, uh, uh, as I believe I should call him. And, and well, uh, we've taken the names out, uh, audience, and, and <laughs> let's just all try putting the Bobs in where the Monica <laughs> and the Erica and the whoever else were. Uh, and you'll see that I don't think this song is improved. A little bit of Bob in my life, a little bit of Bob. You've done that. <laughs> what you've done there is prove our point because it's genius. You brought an entire community together. <laughs> Again, I think I know which way it's going, uh, uh, but I'm just going to check. Bob Aitken, with your we should all be called Bob idea. Giles, is that or is that not genius? If you'd spent your life being called Giles Brandreth. <laughs> You would crawl across broken glass to achieve the bliss, the simplicity, the purity, the joy of simply being called Bob. <laughs> it's genius. There you go. I took part in the 1960s in some science programmes with Dr Bronofsky. This, this rivals that, this programme. <laughs> <laughs> Well, our next idea hails not from Bob, but from Andy Slater, and he hails from Newcastle-Pontine. Dear genius, my idea is the conveyor duvet. It's similar to the conventional duvet, however it's twice the width, forming a loop around the bed. <laughs> Thus, when, when one partner pulls the duvet to their side... <laughs> The duvet simply rolls around the bed, keeping both parties warm and helping to maintain marital bliss. 
There you go. Well, clearly win some approval in the room straight away. Giles, you, you enjoy marital bliss. I, I do not. Does this, does this appeal to you? You don't enjoy it, no. Well, <laughs> it, it takes all sorts. There are ointments and things now that one can get. Um, I'm not as drawn to this as, as uh, you are, because, of course, I come from the south of England where it's warm. And... <laughs> The point is, your idea is quite amusing in its own way, but let's be practical about it. As you're sort of yanking this thing from side to side, it's going to get torn, it's going to get mucky, you're going to get the wrong side on you. No, no, no. If you've got to get out of this extraordinary, merbius strip of a duvet that is half hot, half cold, propelling around you, going one way when you want to be going the other way, uh, you know, it's going to be a nightmare. You're going to actually end up with a crick in the net, probably a trip in the ankle. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at Andy, and he has a, a carrier bag. On his, on his lap, which... A large one. A large one. I decided to mock up the idea. This is uh, a little oh. sample I have oh, here. OK. Oh! This is a fully functioning model? Yeah, yeah. Is it, if I could ask my lovely partner to, to, oh, to yes. come up and join me in the bed We'd... for a moment, then we could... Uh, oh, it's a girl! Establish... <laughs> You see, Giles, I'm, I'm revising my views totally. This is Mark. This is... You're so old-fashioned, Giles. You see a man in a well-presented suit and you immediately jump to that kind of conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, just... Could we hear from the, the charming partner? Yes, yeah, certainly. Hello. Oh, you're Scottish too? No, I'm not. I'm Canadian. Oh, Canadian? Oh, I... <laughs> uh, can I ask you something? When, when you're in this condition, does, does, does the duvet move for you? <laughs> Indeed it does. But this, your point about whether or not it's cold, further down south, it's cold in the north. It's certainly, and in Toronto, in winter. Yes, or Montreal. It's a, where do you come from? Montreal. Montreal in winter. Oh, uh, will you be happy to have the Queen living in Ottawa? <laughs> Personally, yeah. I'm a bit of a sort of leg-out man. Uh, when I'm, so yeah, I well, always have to have one leg out. Raise the duvet up. But nice then you're coffee. raising it up for your partner as well. Can I tell you, you may be a leg-out man, but Andy's a leg-over man of a right <laughs> You've built a lovely model. It's sort of, um, mm. like you say, 1 to 12 scale. Um, Roughly. Yeah, well, we've built the real thing. Oh, look, we're going to be the sort of Morecambe and Wise of um, Radio yeah. well, 4. Do, do come round to the, to, to the front, Mr Brandreth. Um, uh, there's a microphone there you can, you can handle. Uh, should we step into the bed? I want to sort Funny of demonstrate. Uh, we, I have a microphone at my, in bed at home, too, so that... When, <laughs> When my wife asks me to sing my way, um, <laughs> I'm able to do... Oh, look. Do you want yeah, to...? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, dear. OK. <laughs> oh, excellent. OK. I'm oh, just going to get my other... brilliant. OK. Oh, this is fantastic. We Let's can... just sort of see if it works. It's going to work. We're going to be able to rotate the damp patch. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just... One of us try giving the duvet a pull their way, and oh, so if it actually sort of... This is, this is just the principle of how it works. I think it's proving more fun for us than it is for them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was thinking exactly the opposite. <laughs> Suddenly I am struck by the lack of an escape route. <laughs> and it brings it all the more home to me. Oh, darling, how was it for you, Dave? Um, scary? <laughs> I, I have to say... I thought it was all going wrong for you there, Andy. And then, actually, the real-life example seemed to swing it a bit your way. Uh, but let's find out uh, properly 
Giles, do you think the conveyor duvet is a work of genius? Yes. <laughs> well, our next idea comes from Damien O'Boyle of Battersea. Dear genius, it's always tough trying to remember the collective nouns for animals. So my genius idea is to replace them all with the noise of the said animal. So we'd have a moo of cows, a bar of sheep, a hiss of snakes. It would be much easier. <laughs> OK. Um, my first thought is that this gets harder yeah. the minute you're talking about an animal that old MacDonald wouldn't have had on his farm. It's a minor flaw. Yeah. We could put that to the test. Um, you know how to join in with this, obviously. You're people. Um, old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O, and on that farm he had some cows, E-I-E-I-O, with a... And a here a there a everywhere a you see now that works. And on that farm he had some camels E I E I O with a There's no unity there There's no unity there No but that's because you didn't specify whether it was a Bactrian or a dromedary <laughs> The reason there was no unity there, the reason there was no unity oh. there is because we haven't yet got a word for the noise that a camel makes. If you, like me, believe that language is power, language is what defines us, differentiates us from the animals and those whose hands do trail upon the ground, you'll know that, you know, as the philosopher said, no matter how eloquently a dog may bark, he cannot tell you that his parents were poor but honest. Language <laughs> does that. And so we love to speak of a parliament of rooks, a murder of crows, a riding of magpies. But they're all hard to remember. What? I, they're all hard to remember. I think we could listen to animals a but, bit but, more <laughs> and, and then we'd know what they're called. While, while they are harder to remember, you don't actually need to remember them because you never, ever need to use them. <laughs> Unless you're answering a, a quiz question. I mean, it's, it's like knowing that James T. Kirk, the T stands for Tiberius. It's not a useful bit of information. How will you do Pride of Lions to do an obvious Well, uh, it wasn't so much using the word to describe them, it was using the, the noise itself. Yeah, so. well, do it, do I, it. I'm no Bill Ollie, but um, I imagine it's a kind of... Uh, ..of lions. <laughs> I like that. Well, now, now, now we're on to it. Give us a pack of dogs. Uh, well, that's a bit like the lion again. Um, <laughs> what is the, bark, is it not just a rough. bark? Yeah. Well, no, but you've got to make the noise. I yeah, think. yeah, and I get in the eye. Oh, you said a moo of cows earlier. Yeah, yeah, but it was meant to be a, a moo yeah. of cows. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I didn't want to make a fool of myself. A winnie of. <laughs> <laughs> You should have thought about that before you wrote that email, shouldn't you? Um, <laughs> I like the idea of extending it beyond the animal kingdom, so you have a sort of an E of Fonzies. Um, <laughs> so you could have a of James Browns. Yeah. A of Frankie Howard. <laughs> this is my favourite. Uh, just, just see if you can work out who this is. Any guesses? Anyone? Giles? Sounded... A little bit like um, President Bush, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's a gargle of something. 
Well, it's, it's actually Give you, it Giles. Me. What? <laughs> it's me. It, that was you. It's a message that you left uh, on the phone of uh, the show's producer, Simon. That was private. That uh, was entirely private. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there's no personal information being revealed here. This well, is a lot of personal information. Well, let's just hear the gargle in context. Oh, hi there, Simon. It's Giles Brandreth. All that seems great. Um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think, if this right? takes off, well, you I... know, and we needed a collective noun for Giles Brandreth's, it would become a... Uh... <laughs> of Giles Brandreth, which I think is lovely, do you not? Well, I'm warming to it now. Yeah. <laughs> Have a go at doing a donkey and a mule. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, it's going to sound like the lion again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, which puts me back in <laughs> Something like that? <laughs> that actually, that's not bad at all. That's no, not thank bad you. at all. I mean, at, at, the moment, at the moment, we basically say a bunch of for all the ones we don't know, and under your system, for all the ones we don't know, we make your noise for a lion. <laughs> You haven't broadened the use of language. You've just changed to another narrow band, surely. I think, Dave, you're underestimating your listeners. We don't all say a bunch of, a bunch of. We don't. Some. <laughs> Some. It's basically, it's, it's a bunch of until you get to too many and then you go shed loads. <laughs> that, that's how it works. However... That's not important right now. What's important right now is whether or not Damien O'Boyle is a genius. Please. <laughs> There's very little dignity in begging, Damien. Damien Boyle, genius. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, this has been possibly the most successful night for the geniuses. Uh, we, we have four, uh, Giles, and I need you to tell us which are your two favourites? I choose from Russell Westwood, Royal Family Leasing, and from Andy Slater, The Conveyor Duvet. Genius! Okay. Okay, well, we, we now need to ask uh, Russell Westwood and Andy Slater to join me on the stage uh, by applause, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the idea you think is most deserving of a trophy is it The Conveyor Duvet? <laughs> or is it. The Royal Family Leasing. I'm, I'm sorry, Russell. You're a genius. We're very, very glad to have you. Giles was trying to cheerlead the crowd up for you. You know which way it went. Thank you for coming. Thank you. There you go, Andy. Here's the trophy. Thank you, yeah. sir. Did you ever imagine you'd be going home with a trophy like that? I hoped so, but... I really, I really didn't want to uh, get my hopes up too much. This is really the m almost the most exciting thing that will happen to me tonight. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, there you go. Andy Slater, ladies and gentlemen. We thank you, Andy, for gracing us with such a genius idea. I'd like to thank Giles Brandreth for being a genius guest. And, of course, you for listening. But we have just time for a few suggestions from tonight's audience, which include glow-in-the-dark light bulbs, <laughs> solar-powered sunbeds, <laughs> and increasing the pass rate for English language exams by lowering the standards, <laughs> thereby improving adult literacy levels in it. <laughs> Good night.
Genius was hosted by Dave Gorman with special guest Giles Brandreth. It was devised by Ali Crockett and David Scott. The producer was Simon Nichols, and I, Andy Slater, was tonight's top genius. Thank you.